This is a Rooster Teeth production. Rolling. Okay. Now okay. the 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 card is formatted. We have coffee and a hungry monkey. Well, <laughs> where to start? <laughs> where to begin? First off, let me say out, out the gate. Uh-huh. Good, good morning, Eric. Uh, good morning, and Jeff. Wherever you are in the world, good morning, Gus. This is a Gusless episode. Not by choice. No Gus, just us. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Let me hang on. I got to write that down because that's the title. No uh, Gus, just us. That's great. Number uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have been in the middle of a bunch of different projects and a bunch of conventions and yeah. a lot going on. So um, trying to keep regular on our normal content is it's tough. Very, it's very difficult. Yeah. And I don't envy you, Eric. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We've actually covered this in. Uh, the main podcast I do, we do, well, you do a million podcasts, but the main one that I do, Face, uh-huh. we did a, if you've, and if you've never listened to it, I, I highly recommend it because I think it's a great, one of my favorite things when people do is give you a peer behind the veil uh-huh. of uh, how the sausage gets made. Oh, yeah. And I think it's, while humorous and it may even feel a little performative, it is a 100% honest peer behind the veil of what it's like for you behind the scenes oh, yeah. to manage. Yeah. And to produce. Uh-huh. And I don't envy you because here we have a podcast yeah. that's going to be, it's kind of set up to be a fan favorite uh-huh. because it's got two of the founding members of the company. Right. The two that are still alive and uh-huh. kicking and doing fun <laughs> stuff. And uh, it's a nostalgia play. Uh-huh. So everybody, so you want to you tune in for that little dopamine hit of nostalgia each week. Uh-huh. But it's also, quote unquote, uh, it's featuring, I don't like the word starring, it's uh-huh. featuring probably... Two of the three most difficult people oh, in the company to schedule. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. Like, I would say Gus, uh-huh. Jeff, and Gavin, Gavin yeah. are the three hardest people. And Gavin destroys Gus and I, by oh, the way. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yes, you are all in the top three. Yeah. The difference between first and second is... It's not a close race. No, it's a country <laughs> mile. It's it's uh, real tough. And I don't mind it, by and large, because I feel like we're still... We'll come out and, like, oh, we'll still, like, make something or do yeah. something or whatever. And I feel like the content when we all get together is fucking great. If yeah. This show, f- face, whatever, I really enjoy it. If I didn't like it, then I would really hate my fucking job. But when the ask around the rest of the company is, hey, we have some new ideas that we want. <laughs> this will be Jeff and Gavin starring in. And I went... Oh yeah, <laughs> is that oh, is that what you think? Oh cool. Oh man, I will say this: it's also it's a testament to Gavin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, but not this is it's not meant to be a testament to Gavin, although it is. It's more of a an insult to Gus. But uh, which is where I'm going with this. But uh, if Gavin doesn't show up for face, we can't film face. Yes. If Gus doesn't show up for Anma, yeah, we're making Anma. Yeah, yeah, we're still making the show. Yeah. It was so. Here's the thing that I think we're gonna get on this episode is people are gonna be, oh man, this would have been a great first episode to have a guest on. That's not what I that I don't think that should be the show. Yeah. The show shouldn't be Jeff and Gus get together to talk about this thing, and then if Jeff isn't available, Gus and some and Gus and. Jason or Brian Gar, right? Or whoever, it's yeah. it's not that. Like that's not the show. The show is you two talking about this stuff, and then I have to sub in when I, I'm flavor. I'll just I'll just pepper in, and sure. that, that's fine. But I feel like I really want to save the guest for both of you guys. I agree because that's when we're gonna get the most out of it. Because the thing about you guys telling stories is that by and large you're on the same page. <laughs> but when you bring in a third person. Sides will be taken, and I can't wait to see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, 
I, uh, I, well, I agree with you. I think that's some excellent producing there. Mm-hmm. I also think that, like, you know, when the diva, I'm not going to name who it was, who's the, who the diva in this three-person podcast is, but when the diva decided that we were going to go seasonally, uh, and you and I were like, well, we, you know, we, you and I are not seasonal people. No. We're, we're Howard Stern fans. Mm-hmm. We want to tune in 365 days a year. 100%. We're not three-day-a-week Howard Stern no. fans. We're no. five-day-a-week Howard Absolutely. Stern fans. Uh, that world doesn't exist anymore. It no. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't for a long time. time. Uh, but so, you know. The original plan was, well, you and I will film an episode yeah. to bridge the gap. And then I think you and Gus tried to, yeah. but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some asshole... The, somebody some, leaked the Somebody episode. leaked yep. the, uh, the live episode from, from RTX. Uh, so the, the, my idea for that supplemental between you and I was, yep. I'll just interview you about your life. Mm-hmm. We've done that now, but here we are making another yeah, podcast Yeah, right? we got to do it again. <laughs> and it's, it's becoming clear to me that I am uh, doing this podcast, and I don't mean this... Uh, in any diminutive way, uh-huh. but I thought I was making a podcast with Gus. Right. It's now very clear to me that I'm making a podcast with <laughs> Gus and Eric, <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, and that's okay too. Uh-huh. Uh, but whatever this is is going to be like, an, it's like a dog leg off the main podcast. It's going to show up probably more often than I, <laughs> yeah. than either of us <laughs> recognizes. Like, Gus really wants to make this show, and he also really wants to do the other things that he's doing. Yeah, and uh, we found where the priority is. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's what I like about this. I come from that group Mega64, and I feel like it mirrors a lot of Rooster Teeth. And the thing that we did more than anything else was if somebody's not here, fucking get them. Get them. They're not here to defend themselves. They're fucking toast. We get after it here. (laughs) To that end, and Uh I know you had some questions you wanted to ask me. I had some stuff I wrote down. I do want to, because he's not here to defend yep. himself, and the spirit of this podcast is sp- still supposed to be kind of uh, rooted in the past of Rooster Teeth uh-huh. and, and our friendship. I'd like to talk about, have, have we discussed yet mm-hmm. Secret Gus? Secret Gus? Have we talked about Secret Gus yet on this podcast? Uh-uh. Okay. Well, Podcast Gus isn't here. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know if we mentioned this yet oh, at, right. at the outset, but... Going to be way more visual texture or audio texture than we've had visual. We're, way more audio texture than we've had in a while. We're at Monkey Nest Coffee. Well, we're across the street from Monkey Nest Coffee, which is a uh, good choice on this one because Gus would never. Never. Um, yeah. So, like, good choice. But here's the thing. It's on Burnett, which is, I mean, one of the busiest streets. Yeah. The One of the longest, busiest streets in Austin. So, if you hear uh, a lot of cars, very sorry. Uh, but that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, so uh, tell me about Secret, Gus. Okay. So uh, Gus and I have been friends for a very, very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, he moved to Austin, I want to say, in 1997, and I moved in 1998, uh, the tail end of 98. And so Gus is also, uh, well, he's a what-you-see-what-you-get guy. He's a WYSIWYG guy. Uh-huh. He doesn't make a lot of friends. Right. He's not He's not an extrovert, right? So when I met Gus and we became friends... And by the way, I used to be an extrovert. This career has changed that. Yeah, I get that. To the uh, ex- this career has changed me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of them. But we became fast friends because we had uh, I don't know. We just we we were aligned in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. right? And so we became we developed a really deep lifelong friendship. Like I know, no matter where I am in my life, no matter what's going on, when I'm 80 years old, Gus will still be a part of my life. Yeah, and I'll still be a part of his life. Uh, when Rooster Teeth is long gone and mm-hmm. all of the friendships that we made along the way have burned to the ground, I, there are a few people I, without a doubt, I know will still be mm-hmm. uh, in each other's lives. And uh, that's a, 
it's a special thing to find someone that you care that deeply about that quickly and and it's not just about caring you're also just so i don't know politically creatively aligned uh socially aligned like we just we fit really well together Mm -hmm. and so pretty early on i buy the house my first house we Mm -hmm. talk about that i think already gus moves in and we he lives with me and we become so we're living together right yeah this fucking guy's secret gus starts showing up (laughs) He actually started showing up before we lived together when Gus was in an apartment. And the reason I bring up all the other stuff about Gus is because Gus doesn't have a shitload of friends. Mm-hmm. I don't either, to be honest, uh, or to be fair. Our social cir- like the Venn diagram of my friends and Gus's friends right. is a circle, right? Right. We work at the same company. We mm-hmm. met all the same people. Gus knew a sum total of two people that I didn't know before <laughs> I moved to Austin, I think. Frank and his friend Joe, who we lived with, right? Uh-huh. And I incorporated both of those people into my friend group pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, I don't, he, he didn't make it along very far. I don't know whatever happened to Joe. But, like, Frank became a very dear friend very quickly. And so it's one of those situations where, like, I don't know everybody Gus knows, but I know everybody Gus knows. Yeah. And vice versa. Right. And this is a person who, you know, I don't know who your best friend in life growing up is, but it's like that person where you're like, oh, I'm going to do X. And X could be anything. I called, you know. I'm going to go eat lunch. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go watch a movie. I'm going to go jet ski. I call, I call X. Gus is my X. I'm Gus's X, right? <laughs> there's got to be, X, there, the there's gotta be no, a better, better way, way to, to phrase that. All right. uh, I, I feel like I'm being too verbose with this anyway. I'm just trying to pad. Uh, anyway, so Gus, Gus is the person I spend all my time with yeah. and vice versa, right? Even though I'm married at the time, unhappily. Uh, and so it's weird when you, when you call up Gus on a Tuesday and you say, Hey, I was thinking about going to get some barbecue tonight. You want to go? And he goes, oh, I can't. I got plans. And you go, oh, okay. What are you doing? And he goes, I just have plans. Whoa. And you go, are you going to, you hanging out with somebody? And he's like, I might, I might see, I might, I might hang out with some people. I just, I got a thing I'm doing. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, uh, and you keep waiting for him to like extrapolate or explain. And you're like, uh, okay. I, I, I guess I'll hang up now. You know, I don't, I don't know where the conversation goes from here, you know? And then you ask like the next day you see him and you're like. I'm like, oh, you missed some good barbecue. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, you know, maybe next time. And I'm like, how was your thing? And he's like, it was fine. I'm like, well, what'd you do? And he's like, yeah, I, did, I did some stuff. And you're like, I don't, I'd be looking at my, my ex-wife and be like, what, am I crazy? Is he, like, and he'd uh-huh. just offer nothing, you know? And you're like, okay. And that started maybe year two of the friendship. Secret Gus would emerge every <laughs> once in a while. And that's what we called him. Not just me, uh-huh. like, all of our friends called him Secret Gus. He became a character, you know? Awesome. We, like, when we used to call, we used to have this phrase when we all worked at Telenetwork, with, and Bernie was our boss, we used to do, when somebody did something in a certain way, we'd call it pulling a Bernie. It was very frustrating when somebody would pull a Bernie, and it was definitely an insult. Uh-huh. I think it was kind of like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Cheers yeah. back in the day, and, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty old, but if you're not, <laughs> go back and listen, watch Cheers, uh-huh. because it is one of the best television shows of all time, and it holds up. To, I just did a full re- a watch through again, like, three years ago. Holds up incredibly well, very well written. Um, but there's an episode where uh, <clears throat> a mailman comes in, and Cliff Clavin, who's the mailman who mm-hmm. sits at the bar uh, with Norm, and he's like a, a, a cast regular, is uh, very self-aggrandizing, talks about uh, how great of a mailman he right. is, and he's like very smart. And a mailman comes in, and uh, they find out through the course of this conversation that when somebody screws up at their mail office, they call it pulling a Clavin, because his last name's Clavin. So we had pulling a Bernie, right? Awesome. Uh, maybe someday we'll explain what that is. I'm that's not, that's not a story. That's a Gus uh-huh. story, too. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, secret Gus started to emerge, mm-hmm. and he would disappear for months at a time and then sometimes he'd be around three times in a week 
And so one day I'm talking to Frank and I'm like, we got we to get to the bottom of this secret Gus thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on here. And he agrees. And so we, we just agree that we're just going to like, you know, start uh, sharing notes, <laughs> if you will. One time I get a secret Gus mm-hmm. and I'm like, it, it is actually on a Tuesday. I was using it as an example earlier, but I call him on a Tuesday and I'm like, well, you want to go out and do this thing? And he's like, oh, I can't. I got a thing. And I'm like, I have fucking secret Gus today. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't get my friend, you know? And, and, and also, to be honest with you, I have no problem at 47 saying, uh, I can be real. I can be real about this. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm like, I, who's my friend? Hang- who's I my best friend hanging out with? Well, it's the caginess of the it's whole thing. It's the caginess. Thing. It, that, it, it, it makes me feel deprior- deprioritized, it, yeah. unimportant. Yeah. You know? Well, it, like, if he were just to tell you, I'm going to do this, then you'd be like, well, okay, whatever. I'm not invited. It's not a big deal. There's something that it's like he doesn't want me actively. To, do I? Is it something I would want to do, and he doesn't want me there? What? There's too many questions, and it gets you spinning yeah. too much. Does he have friends that don't like me? Exactly. Or does, is it our friends that uh-huh. that want to hang out together, and they don't want me there because I'm like annoying? Or you know, the the mind. It's too self spirals. Like, like you just like you like the self the the shot to your self confidence when you don't know, but you just have to spin up. Mm-hmm. Ideas. It, that's not good. That's bad. And for like people that work in a creative industry, where your job is to like spin your thoughts and be creative, you just go down uh, dangerous rabbit holes oh, very absolutely. quickly. Where you're like, "Oh my God, Gus is going to break up our friendship all of a sudden," you know, <laughs> just because he didn't want to hang out on a Tuesday. Uh, and I'm also like 24 at this point, right. so I'm a kid, you right. know. And so I'm just pouty, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm talking to Frank about it one time, and he's like, "Oh, when did you have a when did you have a secret Gus?" And I'm like, "Fucking last Tuesday, mm-hmm. I got secret Gus." And he was like. What was the date? And I tell him that, and he goes, he goes, dude, I went by his place because I needed to pick something up that I'd left there. I went by unannounced. He was just folding clothes. And I go, what? He goes, yeah, he was just doing laundry. I asked him what he was doing, and he was like, he was just at home doing laundry. And we realized that Secret Gus was just, when Gus didn't want to hang out with anybody, he would pretend to have plans, and then he would just, like, do laundry or watch Mad Men or whatever it is that Gus does. What? And I was like... Why did you invent a thing? Just tell us, you know, like, I just got to do laundry tonight. But he loved the mystery. He wanted, it was an ego thing with him, I think. (laughs) He wanted to be mysterious. He wanted us to be like, Frank and I to be like racking our brains going like, who does Gus like more than us? Is Ruben in town? His friend Ruben from grade school? Like, who is it? Like, what is is going on? Yeah, and it was years. And so I bring this up. Because as you and I are sitting here at a uh-huh. park bench right now, I assume Secret Gus yeah. is doing laundry yeah. <laughs> in his fucking house right He's now. He's definitely folding clothes at 10.30 a.m. on yeah. a Tuesday. This motherfucker. He's, I, it's funny to have the, the idea that you would create a scenario where somebody would be like, I got to get to the bottom of this. And all you're doing is not wanting to hang out. Yeah. What the? F- he didn't have anywhere to go. There were no secret friends. It was not. It was nothing. It was just that, like, he just didn't feel like hanging out sometimes, <laughs> which I totally respect. Yeah, no, just, he's an introvert. Yeah, just say you don't want to hang out. It's fine. D- tell you another. Go, okay. Continue down the. <laughs> this, <laughs> I wish he was here for this one. <laughs> continue down the secret Gus. Uh-huh. Uh Rabbit. Rabbit hole. hole. I walk it. Gus and I live together. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. I've said this on podcasts before, I'm sure, but I just, I, I'm thinking about it and I still just can't believe how ludicrous it is. Okay. I walk into my house one day, four in the afternoon. In my living room is Gus and a girl. They're not doing anything, they're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey man, uh, how's it going? And he goes, good, good. And I go, hi, I'm, I'm Jeff. And the person introduced themselves. I'm not going to out who it was. It may have been Gus's current wife, it might have been an ex girlfriend or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's not important to this. It's, uh-huh. just a, it's just a girl he's standing there with. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and I go, uh, oh, hey, I'm Jeff. It's nice to meet you. And then I go, it's just quiet, just awkward, you know. It got awkward anyway, but it's uh-huh. just awkward. And I go, and I'm in my living room feeling awkward. So I go, like, how, uh, how do you guys know each other? And she goes, uh, we're dating. I'm Gus's girlfriend. And I went, oh, congratulations. That's great. How, uh, how long have you guys been dating? Would you like to guess the number I got? Three weeks. Eight months. Oh, my God. Gus says, uh, about eight months. <laughs> we lived together in a 1,200-square-foot house. <laughs> he dated somebody without telling me under my nose for eight months. Eight. That's that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. I'm a different kind of lunatic, right? I'm a different kind of fucked up. I acknowledge that. I met my first wife, and within eight months, we were married. That's wrong. We shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. That was juvenile. That was uh, that was uh, wrong in a million different ways for a 21-year-old to get married to somebody he'd known for eight months. But... Not to acknowledge the existence to the person, your best friend and roommate. Your roommate. For eight months. That's, that's insane. So, but like you guys worked together and had, and would go out and hang out and he just never. Nah. My girlfriend. If you told me, if you sent me pictures tomorrow uh-huh. of Gus in Alaska with an entire like Eskimo family that he, that with like seven kids, I would be like, I, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. Do you think that's where he is now? I don't know, dude. He's either doing laundry or he's in the middle of like some 17-year-long relationship <laughs> with somebody, a friend or I mean, he might have a whole he might be Eric, he might be in his other career. He's got his other job. He things so, might just be heating up so, over the accounting firm where he secretly works, works. He still works at the call center. God damn. <laughs> so, uh That's crazy. Yeah, man. How how is he? How was Gus as a roommate? Like, how long did you guys live together? Uh, we lived together multiple times. Uh huh. Oh, <clears throat> okay. So, how was he progressively as a roommate? Did fine, you see fine. changes? No, no. It was- Gus is. <laughs> that uh, doesn't surprise me. At Gus all. cleans up after himself. Uh-huh. He's. Uh, I wouldn't say fastidious, mm-hmm. but he's he's very orderly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make a mess to begin with. Right. He doesn't really cook. He orders out, so there's not a lot of kitchen mess. Uh-huh. And uh, he sticks to himself most of the time. Yeah. He only comes out to play video games. <laughs> Otherwise, he's in his room. He was a perfect roommate. It's it was awesome. a perfect friendship because if Gus didn't want to hang out or if I didn't want to hang out, we could easily be around each other without yeah. being around each other right. and ignore each other, which is why Secret, Secret Gus, Gus was such a superfluous character so who insane. was just completely unnecessary. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. To... What a life. What a what a way to live where you just, yeah, just eight months. What? What? Eight months. Wow. Eight months. That is incredible. Yeah, man. Wow. How many times did you live with Gus? Two or three. Okay. It was always in that same house when I, when I, I think we covered this. Wait, wait. He, it was always in that same house? Like he would move out and then move back in? Yeah. Yeah. Like I think he lived twice. Uh, we moved in together uh-huh. and then he moved to Puerto Rico. Oh, and right, then right, right. when he came back, he lived with me again for a little while mm-hmm. until he got a place. Okay, um, okay, and he could have lived with me for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, oh, I def- uh, I understand that. I have friends like that. Can I tell you? Uh, and I would have been fine with that. Can I tell you how he moved out? Oh, ap- please. The last time he moved out, uh-huh. this is after he came back from Puerto Rico. So at this point, I had uh, been divorced from my first wife. Uh-huh. Uh, had met, fallen in love with, and gotten married. Or <laughs> actually, we weren't married yet. Had gotten uh, w- was living with and dating my my second, who became my second wife. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, 
we found out we were pregnant, mm -hmm. which was very welcome. Yeah. We weren't planning on it in that moment, but we had already decided we were going to have kids together. And mm -hmm. I had kind of gotten out of my first marriage because I didn't want to have kids with that person, but yeah. I desperately wanted to have kids. And so we, uh, anyway, that's how Millie happened. Um, my now 17 year old daughter, almost 17 year old daughter. Uh, so we found out the next day, Gus came home. We were in the living room. I sat him down. I said, I have some news to share to you. Uh -huh. with you. And he goes, uh, you know, Gus gets his hackles up immediately. He's like, <laughs> what's going on? You know, they're both staring. And so he sits down in a chair and I go, I just want to share some news. Uh, it's kind of a big deal to us. I'm really excited about it, but uh, we're, we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. Uh -huh. And Gus, this is, I'm just going to give you Gus. Like I just said, we're pregnant. We're going to have a baby. I'm moving out. <laughs> and then he turned around and went to his room. The pause, the breathing, the disappointed look, and then just I'm moving out. Matter of factly, I'm moving out and and that's how that's why Gus and I that's when we stopped living together. That's, Once again, totally get it, but <laughs> so Gus. That's phenomenal. How long did it take for him to move out? Like three weeks. Yeah. He was out pretty quickly. <laughs> he, yeah. was, he was out of there. He meant it. So you guys have lived together a bunch of times. Yeah. You've known each other for a long time. Since starting the company, how has how would you say that your friendship has changed with Gus? It hasn't. I, I couldn't imagine that it did. Yeah, it hasn't changed in any way I, whatsoever. I would imagine with other people, the other guys like from this company, it probably has in, in, in other ways. With Gus, I can't imagine that it would like route in any because it's Gus. Yeah, it's weird, man. Uh Gus and I never, never, there were, you know, especially for the first, let's say, let's just say the first 10 years, uh -huh. it was a much, you know, it was a f three to four, four to five to 30 person company yeah. in that period. But for the m first seven years, it was about six of us, mm -hmm. re you know, realistically seven. It was very intense. We talked about how uh, the, the trouble we had with work life, home life balance and how much we poured into the company. It was a labor of love. Uh, we used to very rarely would I argue with Matt. Right. More often would we would I argue with Bernie. Oh, interesting. Uh, or vice versa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that Gus and I have ever really argued about anything. Right. I mean, argue in the way that friends argue because they want to get each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're fucking around with each but, other. But, actually, but like, we've never fought about work. Yeah. Really, we've never. And to be totally honest with you, like. Like I was thinking about this earlier. I've uh, the people that I have like really deep friendships with currently, and I was thinking about Jack. Our friendship, Jack's the guy I started Achievement Hunter with. Mm -hmm. Our friendship was formed through the creation of Achievement Hunter, right? right? My friendship with Gus was cemented before, and then we created Rooster Teeth. But they really, the two have nothing to do with each other, huh. and it's weird because they should. Mm -hmm. It should be more intermingled. I don't know how to describe it other than just like it doesn't matter. Rusty doesn't matter to my friendship with Gus, and yeah. I don't think. And, and I would say he'd probably feel the same way. If anything, the friendship has grown in the way that we have both allowed ourselves to become, I don't know, the people that we're moving on to be, which yeah. is not the people that we were when we met. Mm -hmm. And that can create wedges and distance. Yeah. And, and, and there's something about, like, the more distance you put between Gus and I, the stronger the friendship is. Oh, wow. Which is a weird thing to say. But, like, I think part of the way that we were able to bond over the years is by giving each other space. Like, Gus is a very, very solitary... You know this. You've known him for a very oh, long time. Oh, yeah. You probably, and you honestly, you probably know him now socially more than I do. Yes, yeah. I haven't hung out with Gus. Mm -hmm. And it sounds weird to say this is one of my two best friends in the world. Yeah. But I haven't hung out with Gus 
socially in years. Well, Gus doesn't years. Hang, hang, he I haven't gotten a meal with Gus in yeah. probably seven years. I had lunch with him on Friday. There you go. They, but like, Gus doesn't like hang. He's not like a hangout guy. You know, like no. a, I can call uh, Blaine or uh, who's someone we work with, and, and like, hey, I'm gonna do this. You want to hang out? And it's like, yeah, you have people that you hang out with. There's other people where you just like. Oh, that's my great friend. We never hang out. Yeah. There's just, it's just a, like a certain kind of person that's just like that. And it's sort of like, you kind of say it like we picked up where we left off and we haven't seen each other for yeah. years kind of thing. But with Gus, it's like there's no leaving off. It's no. like this is just the friendship. <laughs> this is you know? what it is. Yeah. I know he's out there, mm-hmm. would die for me yeah. and vice versa. And I, and I just, I'm so comfortable in our friendship that I don't feel the need to see him or reach out to him yeah. or be around. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, uh, like my friendship with Gus is like breathing. It just it just is. It exists. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. It's, I, and it's a, and I will say also too. A lot of people might find that weird. It might might find it weird that Gus and I don't really spend a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think you would be lucky if you don't have a friend like that in your life. You would be lucky to find one. I agree, and and I I do think that it's a uh, you know it's a certain kind of person. Yeah. That you hang out with or don't hang out with, I guess, and still have like that friendship. But I also think it's an age thing, right? Like, I'm 36. And I don't hang out the way that I used to with the amount of people and doing the amount of things that I did when I was 26. Of course. And I assume when I'm 46, it's going to dwindle even more. But I'll still have the core sort of like friendships that I have and, and that kind of stuff. And I think that's I think that's important. And yeah. I think it's also important to know when when to press and when not to press for like we really got to hang out. Like, hey, I haven't seen you in forever. There's certain friends I haven't seen you in forever. We got to hang out. And yeah. then other friends where you shoot a text and you go, hey, you see this bullshit? And they go, fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think that's just the way that is. Like, you guys started a company together. Your friendship hasn't changed. If anything, it's become stronger. We also spent 15, 16 hours a day together and, every day. And then we'd go home and live together. And that's, that's what I was going to get at. Yeah. Like, to start a company is one thing. And to, like, put so much into it. But then to be like, all right, see you at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to like not fucking kill each other uh-huh. is crazy. Yeah. is It's crazy. Like as Rooster Teeth sort of grew, I assume you guys work together like less. Is oh, yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. That's just sort of like how that split happens, right? Yeah. It's like I always think about well, like when bands break up and they and they always cite creative differences. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I imagine that would have happened to Rooster Teeth at some point if we if we hadn't positioned ourselves in a as a as a production company where when we had creative quote unquote differences, uh, or not even really differences, but just desires, mm-hmm. we could support each other and give each other space to go do those things. Yep. Like like when I was creating Achievement Hunter, mm-hmm. like we were in we were all in on red versus blue for a very long time. And that was very intense. Then as I started peeling off to create Achievement Hunter and create a little, I don't know, my own slice yeah, in the company. Right. Gus was doing the same thing with the broad, well, became the broadcast yeah. department with podcasting with this. You know, he really spearheaded and took that on. And so that that started to send us in, all of us in different directions, you know. Um, in the company, we all kind of ended up in charge of different arms of the company and like different, at the ends of different spokes on a wheel. And it, our interactions became less and less and less because of that. And it was a shame because I got to spend time with those people less and less, but it was right. also a wonderful feeling because I knew that I had the space to do it and I had the support and that I had the trust and I could trust that I didn't know what Gus was doing, but right. whatever he was doing, he was kicking ass mm-hmm. for the company and I was doing the same thing. And I think that that trust only comes from 
the repetition of working together and developing that shorthand and becoming so aligned. Right. And it was that intense six, seven years that we all spent together in the same room trying not to kill each other that allowed us to trust each other to go off and, and grow the company in different directions. Yeah, for sure. And the, uh, the reality is once, the, once those directions start to take off, it becomes very difficult, nigh impossible to get back together. Yeah. Like there was never a way that Bernie and Gus and Matt and Jeff were all going to end up mm-hmm. working on the same thing again. Mm-hmm. Not because they didn't want to, right. not because they had creative differences, not because they were no longer aligned, but just because they all had different things to work, different passions and different parts of the company to grow and yeah, support. You put a lot on your back doing that stuff. And I think there's always, I think that's why starting this podcast is really cool. Um, because I, I, I like, you keep saying that, uh, you know, the only way that you get to hang out with your friends now is if you have a podcast with them, which you are uh, doing successfully uh, uh, many different ways. But uh, I think it's also just nice to be able to work cohesively on something and not worry about the burden of, like, well, I have to do, like, this. Yeah. I have this huge thing over here. I have this huge thing over here. You guys can just sort of, like, well, for an hour we can fuck off and do this thing. Yeah, I think that... One of the the reasons that Roosteeth was able to be successful, mm-hmm. uh, and, a, and a million reasons, talent, right place, right time, yeah, yeah. hyper supportive community, a uh, lot of luck, but we were able to c- develop a trust that mm-hmm. is unbreakable. Yeah, you know? for sure. I, w- I, I like I cannot t- like I don't trust anybody on earth as much as I trust Gus. Yeah, probably. no, I get it. I get that. And uh, and Bernie for that matter. Mm-hmm. And that that. That trust allows a lot of, I don't know, allows a lot of freedom. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I think it lets you uh, it lets you go out and do the stuff, like start things like Achievement Hunter and, and do like those other things and know oh, whatever you're kind of working on or whatever, there's still like the core of what you guys were doing. And that's what, like, that's why I keep coming back to like the friendship thing with Gus or whatever. Because it's not like, I don't see you guys ever fucking work together on, for as long as I've been here, I've never seen you guys work together on Anything. Anything. The most you'll ever see, well, before this podcast, yeah. is I would very, very rarely get invited to the RT podcast. Yeah, the RT podcast. U- usually when somebody cancels yeah. at the last minute. Yeah, and, and because it <laughs> it's always a thing where it's like, well, we'll try to get Jeff on, but we can't have Jeff on too much because Jeff has other shit to do. So we could try to have Jeff on. Well, let's see what we can sort of yeah. split. It's, it's just that because, like you're saying, you have other shit going on. In the company, there's a lot of other stuff going on. And it's like, yeah, I would love to get together and work and fuck off and hang out and all that stuff. But it's just, you're in different arms, different branches of like this stuff or whatever. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. A few years ago, mm-hmm. well, it was, I don't remember when we did it, but it was years and years ago. We did a, uh, I think it was probably for Extra Life. We did a drunken red versus blue commentary or oh, something. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was a, it was a mess. Uh-huh. Like we had fun and it was great and we had a lovely time and we all got together and had a great night together and it was, we had a lot of fun and it was a huge mess. But I remember about that time I had, I got super nostalgic mm-hmm. and I went to Bernie and Matt and Gus and I was like, wouldn't it be fun? I floated this idea to him. I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we got some old Xboxes and uh-huh. we put them together and we just made, the four of us just made one episode of Red versus Blue together the old way. That would be in season Season one. And I was like, we could just, like, just a three-minute video, uh-huh. you know? And uh, there was zero <laughs> desire from anyone other than Jeff to do that. And I was like, they looked at me like I was a fucking asshole. And I was like, all right, well, I thought it would be fun. Uh, but yeah, nobody else, wanted to, nobody else wanted to do that. I think a great way to scratch that nostalgia-ish, I think that's great. I think that's such a good idea. I wish you guys would have done that. That would have been yeah. hilarious. I, I think it would have been fun. Uh, 
at Mega 64, every time we would re-release like a DVD or a Blu-ray or whatever, it's like, oh, we're putting this thing out. Oh, we're repressing it. We're doing it again. <laughs> we would record new commentary for the episodes, uh -huh. and it would just be like, it would scratch that itch just enough of like being able to watch the thing that you did forever ago was like making it again but you didn't have to go through any of the hard work and you could just go, what a piece of shit, and then just move on. <laughs> so I really recommend uh, revisiting commentary and uh, doing new commentary on very old stuff. I like that idea. Yeah. Like if you took old Achievement Hunter videos and you just did commentary over five of them and then you <laughs> went, that was great, done with this. Yeah. No more. So friendship with Gus, largely not influenced by... Like you're working everything here. You know, I, I would be interested to see to hear his opinion yeah. on that. That's my take on it. He I, might he might feel differently, but I don't think so. I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I think he's probably that. Like, but I guess what I was going to ask is, uh, you're talking about starting Achievement Hunter with Jack. Mm. How has that been different? Like, the, how's that friendship different from like where that started? Well, it's a very very different kind of friendship, right? Um, and. Our, our friendship is very much tied to work. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't mean that in a negative way at all, but in, 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 our, our friendship is tied, tied to creativity mm -hmm. um, in a good way. I would say that Jack is probably like the sweetest, most supportive friendship I have, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just like, during the pandemic, you know, I would consider Gus, Gavin, and, and Jack my three best friends right. on Earth. And during the pandemic, Jack is the one I saw the most, by far. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw Gus, like, Gus and I saw each other for coffee maybe three times. Mm -hmm. Jack and I saw each other for coffee maybe 15 times. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, it's just, we see each other every week, come rain or shine. I think we were definitely more, our, our friendship is more uh, emotionally supportive, <laughs> you know? Got it. We share feelings yeah. a lot. And oh, you we... share feelings with Gus? No, Gus and I don't <laughs> share a lot of feelings. Very, very rarely. We talk through stuff, Jack and I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but it is it is interesting because I that you bring that up because I just I was thinking about it like I said I was thinking about it in bed there's like my friendship with Jack happened as we were making Achievement Hunter together right uh, and it is very much tied to Achievement Hunter I mean not that you know if Achievement Hunter died tomorrow my friendship with Jack wouldn't die he'll be friends uh, of he'll course be for the rest of my right, life right. too but yeah I don't know it's just like he's just a he's a wildly different person you yeah know? Um, he annoys me in totally different ways than Gus annoys me <laughs> but just as much <laughs> you know the only person mm -hmm. the only person who never annoys me. Mm -hmm. And when they do, it's very rare. And when they do, it's purely schedule-wise, uh -huh. and I get it. Mm -hmm. The only person on earth who doesn't annoy me is Gavin. Yeah, I, so I was going to ask next, how's that been with Gavin? Because that, so you talk about starting a company with Gus yeah. and starting Achievement Hunter with Jack. Gavin was a fan that became, I mean, a cornerstone, a keystone to like Rooster Teeth, Achievement Hunter, and all that stuff. Yeah. What is that? How does that develop? And it's just like he lived with you, and that's it's. I mean, Gavin is wildly successful, and it's like what a completely different friendship from the other two. I think, I mean, I think it boils down to the fact that because it does seem weird, right? We met a British kid online. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be less ridiculous. Who, who was 14, and we called him to it's wish him totally. happy birthday on his 15th birthday. It's only sounding worse as and you explain then it. Then on the summers, we'd convince his parents to fly him to You've America to spend 90 days with a stranger in his house. You've got to stop. I know. It sounds so fucking weird. That's uh, insane. Other than that, 
man. <laughs> Gavin didn't come visit us till he was 19, I think. Um, and at that point, he was like a part of the company. Right. Uh, I don't know how to how to describe it other than just like if you've met Gavin, you understand. Oh yeah. He is his grandfather, who I love dearly. Told me one time, we you might hear us joke about this from time to time. He told me that Gavin is the boy with the golden hands. Like, the boy with the golden hands. <laughs> He's got a, the golden hands. Everything he touches, it's gold. It's a pure heart. He touches heart, it's gold. His dad's Italian dude, and uh, and it's true. Like you can, you spend about, you spend a day with Gavin, and then you you get that Gavin is a special person. Yeah, just a rare, unique, one of a kind human being mm-hmm. that most people won't be lucky enough to meet. Yeah. Someone like that in their life. Um, he's a one in a million. And you just want to... He has that kind of natural charisma where you just want to be around him all the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, really creatively driven, too. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I, I think of everyone that I've ever... Probably ever worked with. He's the guy who... He's down for whatever. But if he's not getting creative fulfillment out of it, it's definitely just like, well, what are we doing? And I really like that. I appreciate that, too. I really like that. There's so many people that'll just sort of like, yeah, I'll come in and like check the box, whatever. But he feels like we fucking did. I, I can tell you now, uh, we have the tuxedo from the tuxedo. We got it? I have it at the office. And I told him yesterday just before the podcast, and it was like his face like lit up. He was excited, and then it just... It really is that kind of thing where he sees the fun in stuff. Yeah. And as long as he has that and there's something creative, there's something fun, he's getting something out of it, he's all in. And he makes everything he touches better. Oh, 100%. And not a little better. No. Markedly better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, yeah. He, he, is, he is like carnation non-dairy creamer. <laughs> He makes everything. A li- he makes everything a little sweeter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's great, and that's like, I think it's so interesting when you look at where you're at, like in the company, starting the company, and everything, and then the people that you consider your three best friends are so. Those are like so wildly different. Yeah. Like people, but that's so cool that you get a as much or as little as you get to. You get to work with your best friends. Well, I think the the the, the I think I'm uh. <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna make a really, I was gonna make a very aggrandizing joke about how, uh, about how. Well, luckily, I am a complicated and complex <laughs> enough person that I can manage three disparate friendships. Uh, you know, it says a lot about me and the kind of person I am. Uh, but uh, very magnanimous just, of you. I'm just very lucky. Yeah. Uh, to to have met such wonder, to to have got my hooks into some really uh, beautiful people. Yeah. 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 And it's it's exciting. It's. Yeah. It's fun. I've you know I've only been here for like a couple of years, but like working with all those people individually is always really fun too. It, it is. It's, it's it's just a good time. It's I don't hate any of them. So that's well, rare. they're they're all talented in their own way. This is probably the most the thing that's the best about the the positions that I've been in or mm-hmm. the thing that I've been able to do is like is getting the most trying to figure out ways to get the most out of people. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and this is going to sound rude, but I don't mean it to be managing egos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know oh, you're, I, I don't think people are going to take that negatively. Yeah. I don't think it's a negative it's, thing. It's I totally, not at all. totally understand what you mean. It's not at all. It's all about like figuring out like how to deal with the insecurities mm-hmm. and the strengths and the weaknesses and the proclivities, uh, of all of these talented people and then trying to find Trying to draw, trying to find the connective tissue, right, and draw the lines between these people, and to discover, uh, uh, kind of like in uh, Ratatouille, 
when Remy uh, gets struck by lightning at the beginning and then he tastes the cooked cheese and he's right. like, this is totally different. <laughs> I had these two ingredients and now this is made something totally new, you know? That's kind of what I viewed Rooster Teeth was, uh-huh. or how I've always viewed Rooster Teeth is like, you combine these different parts and you get this totally different meal right. that you've never, that's, that's fresh and different and, and so much more than the sum of its parts, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and has its own flavor and like getting to be like, getting to be a, that was the best part about Achievement Hunter for the 12, 11, however long, many years I ran it, 10 years I ran it, was just getting to mix those things up and figure out how to get the be- the most out of people. Yeah, and I, I think it's fun when new ingredients are coming in. Like, man, I can't say enough good stuff about, like, Kai and BK and Joe. Yeah. And, like, man, so cool to watch them, like, come in and, like, develop. And, oh, God, it's so fun. It's so funny, too, because there's so much, and, I, and this is not a slight, mm-hmm. and people are going to uh, people are gonna disagree with me. Um, all I can offer you is my firsthand experience as the person who made all this happen. <laughs> oh, is that it? Yeah. All I can offer you is my perspective as the person who ultimately engineered all of it. Very in- with, with with much intention. Uh huh. Is that Joe, BK, and Kai came uh-huh. into Rooster Teeth and came into Achievement Hunter further along as performers, more confident and better. Than Gavin, Ray, Mike, any of those other guys. Hundred percent agree with you. Uh, there's so much like from day one, and I think the difference there is, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit today too. Uh, I don't want to go off in a whole Achievement Hunter rant because that's like, not really what this podcast yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But Rich Teeth has the, it's fucking awesome that we have 19 and a half years of a back catalog. Yeah. We have generations. You could slice Rooster Teeth up into di- like about four different generations yeah. of of iterations of content, and that's cool so much baggage, right? Oh, all it is is baggage. People want to compare the new cast yeah. to the old cast. And the old cast they compared to the older cast, mm-hmm. you know? The reason that it's kind of unfair is that, like, the Gavins and the Rays and the Michaels and uh, the Jacks and the Jeffs and the uh, those, 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 uh, those people of the world, there was nothing to compare us to. Yeah. We were making it up. Yep. We were inventing it as we went. And so you couldn't look at it and go, yeah, but that's different than the way it used to be. Yep. Or that's different than these other guys. Because we also were doing it almost in a vacuum mm-hmm. where we were at. We were so far ahead of the game on making gameplay content on YouTube that we had almost no competition. Yeah, it's true. We were almost, we weren't, but we were almost the only game in town. So not only could you not compare us against ourselves, you couldn't compare us against anybody else in the market yeah. because we were really the only game in town. Yeah. And so it's like I don't know. It just I think it just creates unrealistic comparisons and expectations. It does, but you get that like you can't. I think this is really hard when you're younger and you don't like quite understand that. Uh, is that no matter what, you're going to have comparisons as it progresses, the same way that you have. Well, is LeBron James the greatest player of all time? What about Kobe? What about yeah. Michael Jordan? It's like all of. What about Wilt Chamber? You go back and back and yeah, back yeah. and back and back. And, and everybody knows the answer is Bill Russell. Is, is I, <laughs> see? 11 there's all, championships. There's all this baggage that has with all this comparison and everything. The the thing I think that, this is what I try to keep in mind, is that I, I try not to take that stuff to heart. I try not to get upset about the speculative comments or comparative nature of fans 
for Rooster Teeth or whatever I'm doing because I'm a fan of pro wrestling and mm. that's all we fucking do all day long is just compare this guy to that guy and this thing to that thing and remember the 90s and remember that. This was better and that's not as good and this is... Yeah. Everything that's happening now is not as good as it was five years ago and then five years on, you're like, God, they were so good in 2022. Like, it's... It, collectively that's how it goes so you can't it can't like let it eat you alive but man you just want to go shut up shut up shut up shut the, shut the fuck it, up i will say you know and that has been my that, that was certainly early on that was my take on it mm-hmm. um it it, it, it has a, a a chilling effect over time oh yeah it just like it chips away at you oh it does over, definitely especially going on 20 years uh-huh. you know but it's also the thing that frustrates me about that it's like you have the benefit when you're comparing the past to the present mm-hmm. of cherry picking what oh, past you compare to. People live in highlight reels and they go, it was like this all the time. Yeah. And it's like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> that was one out of like every, you, they'll bring up your favorite videos and you're like, yeah, that was one out of like 80 videos you don't remember. It, it happens all the time with Mega 64 where people are like, oh, this, uh, this podcast set. And I liked when they did it like this and remember that. And then like they'll show clips and I'm like, I remember those because I was there. Do you remember the hours and hours of all the other stuff that didn't make the highlight reel? Yeah. Like, that's what, guys, like, but again, you can't, you at least have to keep it in mind. It can chip away at you and it can really eat you up, but you have to keep in mind that that's just what people do. I know. All the time. They it's how, it's how people communicate. It is. It definitely is. And 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 it's all, and, and, and I also know that, you know, it's also not often nearly as negative as it, as it comes across. No, no it's it's uh, not. People, and, people aren't aware of how, how they speak. Right. And, certainly online. Yeah, definitely. Like when Draymond Green said that the uh, the Golden State Warriors could be any 90s <laughs> Bulls team, he'd, we'd mop the floor with any 90s <laughs> Bulls team. Are you, Draymond Green, are you out of your fucking mind? Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I, listen, I, I hate, everybody hates Draymond. Uh-huh. Draymond's one of those guys where you hate him if you, yeah. like 29... 29 fandoms hate him in the NBA and yes. one loves him. Oh, yeah. And that changes no matter what team well, whatever he's on. Team he's like, on. If he was yeah, a yeah. Celtic, I'd love him tomorrow. Oh, 100%. Dennis Rodman would tie him up <laughs> yeah, into fucking knots. He would just he, break he, him they, Like, Draymond's a physical guy now. <laughs> Dude, That the, the NBA was a different yeah. place yeah. in the... Well, it was a different place in the 70s and then the 80s and the 90s. But yeah. even then, like... Dude, I was watching fucking... I was watching these uh, videos of Dennis Rodman and Shaq going at it the other oh, yeah. night. And Dennis Rodman and Kurt Rambis going at it, and it's like, dude, so physical. It's like, how are like how are people not in jail for uh, some of the shit they were? Just you know? the nastiest, just knuckles and slams, guys God beating damn. each other. I watched a highlight the other day of uh, Shaq and Dwight Howard squaring up at like the three point line, and it's, <laughs> Dwight Howard's like the All Star game, and Dwight Howard's like, yeah, all right, let's do this, and he's like ready to guard Shaq. <laughs> And Shaq just nutmegs him, like just passes the ball between his legs, and Dwight Howard goes, what? And, <laughs> and Shaq runs down, gets passed back to him, and he dunks and just runs off. And I just went, this is the best. That's the best. But that's, but that's again, what we're doing is just what everyone online is doing yeah. all the time with this stuff that we do. And it's like, you just can't let it eat you up. It's the hypocrisy. I it know, is. I oh, know. 100%. And uh, the, uh, the, also the other thing is, and this is just going to be, if you haven't figured this out yet, uh-huh. you will. I think. I think this. I would say this is a universal truth. Uh, feel free to disagree with me, but okay. I, I, I think you'd be wrong. Uh, speaking of the audience, are not you? Uh, the golden era, mm-hmm. the golden age of any production, yeah. comic book, movie, book series, online production company, uh, whatever it is, the golden era of anything mm-hmm. is the day you found it. Oh yeah. 
that it begin it like the day you discover something you love. If you discover The Simpsons in season four, it's the golden age. Yeah. If you discover The Simpsons in season fourteen, that's the golden yeah. age. If you discover it in season twenty-two, that's the golden age for you. I think that um, and your golden age is different. Oh than yeah, everybody else's golden age. I think it's definitely a, a rose-colored glasses thing because you're looking at the time in your life also where you're like, yeah, I love getting home from school and watching yeah. Ray do this Achievement Hunter stuff and now I don't like it as much <laughs> because when I get home from work, all right, let's stop right there. Stop right there. Like, <laughs> you're like, you're, 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 you've just described how you've spent the last 12 years becoming a completely exactly. different person. Yeah. But you want the person that you watched on YouTube the, to, to stay same. identical. And and again, I don't, I don't respect that opinion, but I, I also like... I'm not going to eat you alive for it sure. just because I don't think you know what you're saying yeah. when you say that. And that's fine. That's okay. I loved all, like, pro wrestling at 13 is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life where Stone Cold Steve Austin would drink beer and then, like, beat everyone up. And I'd be like, this is, I'm, I'm in heaven. This yeah. is awesome. And then since then, it's been dissecting and going, like, this guy does this arm ringer this way and watch the way he steps forward with his left foot. And now it's, like, it's too, you know, you get too ingrained and... You don't enjoy it the same way, but I think you can still enjoy it. You just have to take that step back and be like, what was it that I liked? Ah, got it. Right, okay. right, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to deep dive deep so so far into it. And it, it can be fr it can be frustrating as a, a content creator. Yeah. Uh, maybe a contract creator. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I guess a lawyer. Uh, it can be funny. as It can be frustrating as a content creator, but it's, you know... And this is something I, I try to, I think you're being very uh, cognizant of this, and, mm -hmm. I'm, and it's something that I try to be aware of too. It's like, but we all, it is, I still, I do it too. I do it constantly. Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah. No, I, I do it. it. I'm all I don't the do time. it. I don't do it publicly. I don't no, do it in forums. Right, 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 right. Although I guess I probably do it on mic and don't realize yeah, it. Ex exactly. Know? I mean, I made a tweet last night about I think I'm going to be a big NBA guy this year because Draymond Green's always saying loopy shit. Pat Bev's like the ultimate hater and yeah. watching like, Katie try to figure out TikTok has been the best. Like, <laughs> there's something about the NBA this year where I'm like, I'm all like, I'm ready to go all in. But I'm making a decision yeah. to do that and to like step away from other things to go higher, like to go more into like the NBA. And I'm not letting it eat me alive. And like me, I'm consuming it. It's not consuming me. And yeah. I think that's the important thing. Um, that's that's very wise. Yeah, Eric. and and very I, wise. Uh, also, I'd rather be doing this job than uh, working at a electric like an like an electrician like i used to or an it company like i used to or a zoo like i used to or pier one imports like i used like i'd rather be doing this than anything else so like ultimately you just kind of like you watch the comments and you go eh, it's all right whatever also just make good stuff and i think that's what we've been doing with this podcast so thanks man i yeah. think so too no it's a I good one so um so we can't really guess the name for the show oh yeah because uh, gus won't be able to yeah tell us. yeah gus isn't here but also i just i got I got nothing in terms of guesses. I, I came up with a bunch last night. Oh yeah, I don't remember what they are. Off oh, my head cool. Now, but Good. I, I I could get back to them, but I will say, um, my girlfriend was asking me mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend. She was like, "What do you do? You have what, do you have any idea what the name is?" And I was like, "I." Not only do I not know what the uh -huh. name is, I really don't give a shit. Oh no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter <laughs> really, when when it's revealed. It's gonna be so underwhelming. Fireworks are not going off. No. We're not getting party poppers and a cake out of nowhere. It is not going to deliver. No, we're just gonna go. What? What? And he's gonna go. Yeah, dream logic. So uh, <laughs> here's what I'll say about that. Uh huh. And you know, we'll continue to try to guess it, and okay. so someday maybe it'll happen. Uh huh. Uh, when David Lynch created Twin Peaks, yes, for ABC, the intention mm -hmm. was never to solve 
the murder of Laura Palmer. Right. It was meant to be this, uh, I don't know, this fulcrum in the background that all things kind of gravitated around, but that was a, an unsolvable, uh, unsolvable mystery that would just spin off these different stories and worlds. Right. Uh, and there would never be a resolution there, uh, which I thought was a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Um, ABC disagreed. Yeah, no kidding. And they forced David Lynch to solve the murder of Laura Palmer. Yeah. And so he did. And then it was even cut into a two-hour movie in Germany, and it, that's, that was really weird, um, with, like, slightly different scenes. But uh, season two of, of Twin Peaks is, uh, even though Twin Peaks is, you know, my favorite show of all time, and I worship yeah. the ground David Lynch walks on, I would say, like, 80% of season two of Twin Peaks is unwatchable. Un- unwatchable. I would say unwatchable. At this point. Yeah. And s- just useless. Yeah. I would say it's some Inland Empire level yeah. ins- insanity where I'm just like, I'm not on board for this. There's, like, elements of episodes that are phenomenal, and yeah. there's sp- probably four episodes in there that are <laughs> maybe the four best as they wrap stuff up. Are they the ones that he directed and not somebody else? Those are the four that he directed. Yeah. yeah. Um, or the, I think he may have only directed two of mm. those four. But anyway, um, they're like... It's like the thing that used to piss me off about the X-Files is you really wanted to know what was going on in the X-Files and then you would get like 10 stories that had nothing to do and then you get one story about plot and then five more stories and then they would tease something with the cigarette smoking man for Mm -hmm. 30 seconds and then they wouldn't address it again until the season finale. And you're like, I'm watching 22 episodes to get two episodes (laughs) worth of content over here, right? So, uh, I don't know. With that said, I... uh, I kind of hope we never solve the yeah, mystery of, of who killed Anma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I love it. Um, and if you love it, please let your friends know that this is a podcast uh, because we probably don't do that enough uh, tell people. Or- yeah. Rujdi's good at a lot of shit. Uh-huh. We're not good at getting you a stranger to watch our stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I will say that's on us. But if I was Michael, I would say that's on you. So tell people to uh, check this out. Um, that's your fault. So give it a shot. Let us know. Thank you very much. Um, and we should firewalk on out of here because uh, it's just about, we're just about done. Anything, I appreciate any par- the reference. Yeah, absolutely. Any parting words? Uh, no, just uh, uh, I love you all for listening. And hopefully uh, next week, next episode, we'll be, uh, we'll all be uh, lucky enough to be in the presence of a diva. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Goodbye. <laughs>